0: Up God's Word to Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to pick up uh, this series through the book of Philippians uh, now that we finished our Advent series looking at hope, love, uh, joy, and peace. And so we're going to be in chapter 3. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, there is a copy of this specific passage in your order of worship so you can follow along uh, there with me. But at the beginning here, just let me uh, say, I'm really proud of you guys for a lot of the work that you guys put in during this Christmas week. There was a lot of stuff going on. Several of y'all came early on Christmas Eve and practiced and helped us put on the Christmas Eve service. That was great. Our event last night went real well. So I just want to th- say thank you to you guys for the amount of work that you put in during an already busy season. And I think that it was a wonderful, wonderful success. So thank you guys uh, very much. The title of the sermon today is called the prize of Christian maturity. The prize of Christian maturity. Our vision here at King's Church is to make, equip, and deploy, make, equip, and deploy mature disciples of Jesus Christ. And we want to do that for two reasons. For the glory of God and the good of mankind. Make, see people come to know the Christ, grow in Christ, equip, train them, See them grow in their spiritual gifting and then to deploy into their sphere of influence, the people that they know, right? And then even to be able to send people to the ends of the earth to share gospel, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, mature disciples of Jesus Christ for God's glory and the good of mankind. And the question that I want to ask this morning is what does a mature disciple of Jesus Christ look like? What is one of those? Paul describes in this passage, I think, one of the best uh, definitions, perhaps, in my opinion, one of the most complete definitions of what maturity in Christ looks like, what it means to be a full-grown, grown-up Christian. He describes here in this passage. In the context of this book, just because we're jumping right back in, Paul is writing this book from prison, and it's, it's interesting that this is probably the book that mentions the most the theme of joy. And he writes it from a prison cell. At the Philippi, the city has got a small, probably heavily persecuted church, or house churches are meeting in, the, in that area. In the book of Acts, we see some persecution in the city of Philippi. It's a major city center that's located on the main road to Rome, which was the center of the empire. Okay, big city, and Paul is writing to a church that he loves. In the first couple chapters, he just talks about how much he loves them and how much he's proud of them, how he appreciates their generous donations to him so that he can survive in prison, so that he can continue his ministry. And he just, he praises them and he prays for them. And then in chapter 2, he encourages them to unity. He encourages them to love each other, and he uses Christ as a supreme example of that with this beautiful poem or song that describes the love of Christ in such a way as their example of what it means to be unified and to love each other. And then right after that, he gives two more examples of Epaphroditus and Timothy, just emphasizing this theme. And then chapter 3 opens up uh, with Paul describing what it, what um, maturity in Christ is not. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. And then he talks about what maturity in Christ is in verses 7 um, through 14. And then we'll talk about this next week again, another example of what it's not. But there is this false maturity that, is, that precedes his definition of what maturity is. And it's a list of accolades. It's a list of accolades and pedigrees of his own. What would look what when you think of spiritual maturity, our first thoughts of spiritual maturity are a similar list of accolades. Okay? Uh, his, or his, ours would look different than his. ours might be uh, different in terms of uh, the wo- how we participate in certain ministries or whatever the situation may be. There's a lick of, list of accolades uh, of his former life, uh, of his former life before Christ, and then he says, "That's not what it means to be mature." In First Corinthians chapter thirteen verse eleven, he says, "When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when." I became a man, I gave up childish ways. There's another passage dealing with this maturity. But before we think about what it means to be mature spiritually, how does someone become mature just in life? How does someone become a mature adult? What does that process even look like? Well, if you think about the goal of, of parenting, what's the goal of parenting? I'm sure there's a lot of goals, but if we were to, 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 to filter it down into one goal, it would be to raise someone from mature, immaturity to maturity. That's the goal. We, we, want our, we want our children to be able to take care of themselves, make good decisions, work, and earn money, be, be a kind and generous person. If you're a believer in Christ, you'd love for them to love the Lord of their own accord. Not that you're pulling their strings anymore, but they're doing it of themselves. They care about other people. There's maybe a host of things that your family wants them to be able to do, but you also want them to be a little resilient. Know how to handle stress. A load of responsibility. And the way that you parent or try to parent, by God's grace, is to shape and mold in such a way that the end result is that complete mature person who knows how to think, who knows how to feel, And then who knows how to be responsible in the world, but also knows how to love and laugh. You want a whole, a complete, a mature person. But let's think about the other side of that coin for a minute. What does it feel like in the process of becoming mature to be parented? What is that like? In other words, whenever you're becoming mature, what's that like? It's, it's kind of a strange thing, and, and honestly, you don't even know it's happening. And maybe you resist it. It's multifaceted. There, there's so many different ways that you learn things. How, you learn things from your parents. You learn how to control yourself, how to handle other people, feel, think, relate, be responsible, handle disappointment. But the reality is, learning how to become mature is two things. It's relationally learned and it's personally experienced. Okay? At growing up as a child, coming to becoming adult, there's all kinds of things that happen. There's social interactions, there's school interactions, there's parent interactions, there's peer interactions. But the process of maturity is relationally learned and personally experienced. You can't become mature outside of those two things. If you, if, if you pulled a child away and isolated them for their whole life, you would not have a mature adult. If you had someone who read books about maturity, the child would not be a mature adult. It has to be relationally learned and personally experienced. So, how do we become mature as Christians? I invite you to look with me at God's Word Philippians chapter 3, beginning of verse 7. This, these are the words of Paul, and this is God's Word. But whatever was to my prophet, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Not that I already obtained all this or, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. God, as we consider your word, we ask for something simple and profound at the same time. Lord, we want um, understanding, clarity, and yet we know that you engage us in a special way when we look at your word. So I pray, Father, that you would help us to worship over your word now. And let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Here's the big idea today Christian maturity is the strenuous pursuit of the person of Jesus Christ. Christian maturity is the strenuous pursuit of the person of Jesus Christ. What we're going to be talking about today is this is this idea that gets really muddy in a lot of different ways in the church sometimes, this idea of sanctification. And that word just means the process of growing in Christ. And we'll dive straight into this, but just as a preview, the clear teaching of scripture is that it involves both your sweat, both your effort, You see in this passage, there's press on, press on, seize, take hold, grab, work, go! And at the same time, God's work inside of you to help you in this endeavor. It's a work of yours and a work of the Lord's together. Okay, The way that your salvation isn't. And we'll jump into that again in just a minute. But we're talking about that, and Paul is striving Towards this ultimate goal of Christian maturity in this passage, and he's encouraging the Philippians on the same spiritual journey to become mature. It's a striving to win a prize. And one of the my goals today is that that prize is very clear. The prize that he lays out in verse ten—it's the goal of our Christian maturity. If you were to think about an Olympic athlete, all right—that's what that is.